Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs, if you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. We really love having you along. And uh, as we continue to grow and you discover our podcast, you discover us, we're, we're really thrilled. And uh, we've had comments like people just decide it's, uh, you know, like you and your brother were talking or you and your best friend. And that's the whole point. Yeah. And by the way, it's really just kind of a replication of the phone calls Todd and I have. We True. talk about this True. stuff all the time. We decided to record it. Yeah. So here you go. It's pretty funny. Well, but here, I, I also have decided, I don't know if everybody's noticed this, I've also decided all I have to do when the podcast starts is sit quietly because you kind of have your standard intro and you're doing it very well. You <laughs> kind of have do. your welcome back little, you know, you have your little intro, but you're right. I mean, that was the thing for the longest time. I don't know. It's been probably three, maybe four years ago now. We were on the Smoking Tire podcast and Chris Hayes said to us when the podcast was over, hey, you guys really ought to do your own podcast. And we said, what on earth about? <laughs> yeah. And then we quickly realized, you know, we'd have a few conversations a week that sounded a lot like this podcast of helping people get cars and, hey, what did you notice about this news? And suddenly one day, I'm a, I'm a bit slow sometimes, suddenly one day it dawned on me, this could be the podcast. And here we are. We're, what, episode 115 now, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, this is awesome. Um I guess my intro is a bit presumptuous or maybe assumptive because I figure, you know, once you find us, you're going to want to keep listening. So that's why I say, hopefully, welcome hopefully. back. And here we go. So we've got a couple debates for you. And uh, these, uh, <laughs> the first one is Jack writing from the deep suburbs of Chicago, who is a controls engineer there. And oh my gosh, I, Jack, you win. You win. We've decided yeah. you Jack take has the cake. Prize. <laughs> the longest email so far. I mean, I, I feel like I know you. I really do. <laughs> yes, it was it was Jack's car debate intermixed with Jack's life story, and and while interesting, <laughs> wow, uh, this is this is this is part of the reason. And, and, and I and I will acknowledge anyone that's traded emails with me, Paul included, I can I can bury you in a wall of words. So maybe Jack is like me. Maybe he's one of these people that types just about as fast as he thinks. Because I type kind of crazy fast. Oh yeah. So maybe it's that. But uh, with just the volume we're dealing with, um, we, we, we're going we're gonna to guide some of you that are, that are wordier, and I'll be honest, wordier like me, but we're going to guide you toward headlines. <laughs> Think in headlines. Exactly. What's the stuff we have to know? Because Jack has <laughs> – there's good info here, though. And so hopefully we're going to help Jack and his wife. Uh, they're a young married couple. They have a kid on the way. Congratulations on all fronts. And they're trying to figure out what do we do with the car we like and where do we go from here and – Lots of information in here. We're going to try to, to work our way through that. We have another one coming up, which is Simon writing in uh, one of those kind of uh, two degrees of separation things. Simon is writing in for his girlfriend, Tiffany. That's kind of a, a twist, but that's a cool one, too. Yeah, we've had people write in for their wives, girlfriends, their fathers, uh, husbands, all kinds of stuff. And I, I think it's always fun to shop for somebody else. And uh, mm -hmm. Simon, absolutely, that's all you and I are doing. Who are we, who are we well, kidding? Yeah, all we do is shop for other people. <laughs> that's yeah, a, that's a great point. And um, to today on this podcast, we're going to find out how deep Simon's love for Tiffany goes. 
How much wow. are you going to spend? So that's no what we're going to find out. That's a little frightening, actually. I hadn't <laughs> taken it that. It, this is going to be a relationship podcast by default. That's going to be interesting. It is. Brace yourself, Simon. <laughs> Ho- hopefully, hopefully, an hour from now, you and your girlfriend are still very much in love. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Who knew this would turn into that? And Jack's car debate here is more of a money allocation debate than it is a car debate, which is hilarious. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Relationship yeah, right, advice right. and you're financial right. advice is what this podcast has turned into. Screw cars. I mean, come on. Let's let's get to the real stuff. <laughs> Frightening. <laughs> yes, because financial and relationship advice is exactly what you and I should be doing with our time. <laughs> wow, are we gifted in both of those areas? Anyway, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna steer us. Uh, actually, pun intended. There, I'm gonna steer us toward a little bit of news that's happening. And I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I do think it's interesting. Did you see this today? Consumer Reports. A lot of people have been talking about it. Consumer Reports has come out, uh, kind of with. Uh, I don't want to say an indictment, but a recommend a strong recommendation for Tesla, which is interesting as a side note because uh, honestly, Consumer Reports a few years back they did their Model S review, and you probably remember this. They gave it like a hundred and four on a hundred four a hundred point scale, and you you and I were both in that category where it was like, wait a minute, how on earth are you breaking your own? your own qualification, your, your own system, you've broken it for a car and gone, no, this one actually breaks our whole system. I, I still have a lot of trouble with that. So they've got a major love for Tesla, which a lot of people do, but then they've turned a little bit here and said that they really think that because of these autopilot uh, wrecks that have happened, that uh, Tesla should change the name. It should no longer be called autopilot, and they should require, essentially, dial back the auto steering so that you have to keep your hands on the wheel more. And I, I have trouble siding with Consumer <laughs> Reports a lot of the time, and I'm not going to side with them here. I, I think, look, there will be changes. I'm sure there will be results. But, you know, somebody wrote to us. Actually, we had our last conversation about this. Somebody wrote to us in defense of Tesla, and then halfway through their own defense. I'm sorry for getting your name. We read a lot of things at that point. But halfway through their defense, they made the comment where they said that you and I, Paul, we actually kind of covered both sides of the issue and really weren't hanging Tesla out to dry. And I'm not here either. The thing is, this is a semi-autonomous system. And we, as the humans, are having trouble realizing the semi part of that. It isn't autonomous. Mm -hmm. You've got to be involved. And that's more the root of the problem than Tesla uh, needing to make changes, I feel like. But I do think it's interesting that Consumer Reports, who's been all flowers and candy and roses and and rose-colored glasses with Tesla, is like, wait a minute, they ought to fix this. I think that's interesting. Yeah, I love it when I pull up the news websites and those auto videos. They just start playing. That's uh, that's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I'm I'm pulling this up and reading along as you're talking here as well. And there's much to say on here, and uh, a lot of news. It's it's kind of funny. And Consumer Reports is to be applauded because they purchase all the vehicles they review. So no press cars. Oh, agree. None of that. No, that's true. They are unbiased, and they they. You know, treat it mm-hmm. as if they are the consumer and they buy the product. Absolutely. And what's it like? No, I to agree own with that thing? completely. So, completely no agree with that. special that is treatment. A great approach. No special treatment. And you're right; they've shown Tesla a lot, of, a lot of love here. But then they're saying, you know, what what they're saying is the equivalent of, "Hey guys, you should stop doing all this fancy schmancy mumbo jumbo semi autonomous stuff. You should let people drive your cars. Have you ever thought about that?" And I'm going. Hang on. It's it's along the same lines as, you know that button that starts your engine? You guys should go back to this using this thing that's like three inches long and it's made out of stamped metal and you stick it into this yep. this hole here 
And when you twist it, it starts the car. You guys should use that thing. That's really cool. So, so wait, are, are you saying something that would be kind of like a shortened screwdriver? You would actually have to, like, twist it? That's exactly what I'm talking about. And especially That's if it's weird. What would that be like? That would, just, what would that be? That would be weird. You might have to use a little elbow grease and shove it in there. But yeah. otherwise, <laughs> most cars start right up. It's, it's a great way to start your car. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yikes. But they're, they're kind of going like, all right, I, I applaud Tesla all day long for – pioneering this you don't see anybody else's any other oems name in the news for you know pioneering this stuff and as much love and adoration as tesla gets on both sides you know there's the detractors but then there's you know all the beta testers the early adopters who love this stuff oh yeah they have they have to pay for no press they have to pay for no press they are well i'm going to say something and then i'm going to retract it tesla is the donald trump of cars i don't say that from an ideological standpoint so stop beating me uh, beating me up and burning me at the stake i'm saying it because they are they have such people that both love and loathe them that both tesla and donald trump have to spend less on advertising and that's the reality is that here's consumer report i I know i'm not maybe that's a tendril of connection They, they don't relate in any other way uh, and, and Elon Musk has wonderful hair by comparison. I want to I want to put that out there. But um, but but here's the, I, I had I don't hair know. to speak of. I'd, I'd I, take anybody. I don't know. Right now. But but here's the thing is that Consumer Reports. It's fascinating to see them as a front runner now on both sides of the Tesla camp. They've been Tesla is the greatest thing ever. And now they are the first to come out and be like Tesla should change this. Yeah. I'm very surprised to see them on that side. Interesting. Yeah, I uh, I. I guess it's more of a wait and see kind of thing because we're in the middle of this. There's no definitive of course, one no, way or of the other. And I like that Tesla is taking the initiative to say, hmm, well, we're going to continue to offer it because it has been successful for over 130 million miles logged, successful miles yeah. on autopilot. And that data is continuously being fed to their systems to help other cars learn which is great, and let's educate the consumers of our products more about how to use it, what to do, and how to not be stupid about it. I think that's great, rather than just, <laughs> yoink, well, but, taking it away. But see, the, the how to not be stupid education thing, that is a, that is a, that is a losing battle, unfortunately, with humankind. And uh, it really is. I, I, that, well, this is the conundrum, because until we get past, I know we've beat on this already, but until we get past this gray area between no autonomy and full autonomy, there are going to be these debates, and it's going to fall to whose fault is it. We're obsessed with whose fault it is, mm-hmm. and we don't want to. And if there's anybody else we as a society can blame, we don't want to go. Oh, it's my fault. We just don't want to do that. Maybe the owner's manual should come with like those little mini baseball bats that you buy at baseball games, and somewhere in there, if you if you don't understand, you still just don't get it. Take the bat and clonk yourself on the head. Just clonk. Then keep reading, but but see, there's all those nice legal disclaimers on the touchscreen, and you have to sit, you have to hit OK or accept, and then you know clearly you you've read that and you understand. I mean, everybody reads the instructions, everybody follows along. It's I mean, why are we having a problem? Okay, I I really think we should uh, maybe do a car debate because Jack's car debate is looming over me here. Uh, the the wall it of is. words is about to fall on top of me. It uh, is. I'm avoiding it, is. it. We should move on. I uh, like to think of myself as a connoisseur of the fine print, but. Um... This is not fine print. This is just, wow, lots, lots of 
the, the story is just as interesting as the decisions that we're going to make for you, Jack. It's but, fantastic. But, but the podcast is not long enough to cover the story. I want to endeavor. I really want to endeavor <laughs> to find the through line on Jack's email. And and honestly, Jack, I do want to do a hat, hat tip to you real quick and just say thank you because you've talked about how much you appreciate the podcast, how much you enjoy the podcast. We can't thank you enough for listening. We hope you've rated. There's my, my plug on that. We hope you've given it a rating. We're really glad to have your uh, car debate here to look at. We're going to try to find a, a shortened version of this, which is essentially you're 23, you're recently married, uh, you have a child on the way, you've got so you've got baby stuff in in uh, in play, and you've realized what we've joked about, and that is why is everything such enormous plastic? When did all baby gear protective stuff become twice the size of like normal human things? And I agree with you, it's all huge. You're six three, your wife's five eight, so you're not tiny people, and you have a Mazda three right now, a, a twenty eleven Mazda three that you both love. Mazda three hatch, you really really like it, and so. You're thinking about the little one. You're thinking about fun cars. And so this is where the conundrum begins about do we need something larger? Can we get something fun? What do we do with all of this enormous plastic trash trash cans of baby seats? And we start spiraling from there into madness. <laughs> There's always addendums and caveats and twists and turns. One of, of course, them being yes. that uh, his parents live in town. And apparently they own a silver on saddle leather NC Miata. So that third generation Miata, which Todd and mm -hmm. I have driven extensively and really shown a mm -hmm. lot of love to. Great car. So there is that as a little bit of an outlet. You do, it's not yours, yes, but it sounds like you can kind of wheedle and get it out of your folks whenever and go take it for a drive. So there is sure. that, that little yeah. sort of sports car band-aid that is there to, you know, cover up the wound sometimes. But yeah. uh, it's an outlet. I get that. Yeah, it doesn't always scratch the itch, which we understand. And so what he's asking here is if they were to sell this Mazda three, which is fully paid off. Congratulations. That's mm -hmm. excellent. Mm -hmm. Combine combine that with about ten thousand dollars, which means they're looking at about 20 K to spend. Now, mm -hmm. their their lives are changing, as you've heard already. Their lives are changing. And but but the itch is still there. So. There's his wife to consider and her needs for an automatic, and then his to consider, which is, I still want something that's in the realm of sporty and in the realm of yeah, something yeah, yeah. fun. It doesn't have to be a hardcore sports car. Obviously, that won't work. And then this other twist. Did you re read about their farmland? It's not often, but they have a farm plot <laughs> that they cruise out to in the summer, like think muddy shovels and rakes and buckets and muck that go in this car. So, you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. need to be a hose-out mobile like a Jeep or a Land Rover Discovery or something like that, but it needs to, you know, be durable. It's, so he's kind of thinking, mm -hmm. do I go do it all? Do I buy two cars? I mean, yeah, welcome to the American dream. Mountains of debt, a mortgage, a baby, a house. <laughs> Multiple Stop. cars in the driveway. But the good thing is your mechanic lives across the street, so I like to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, like I said before, I kind of feel like we're back to almost more of a how do we allocate funds here to fit this mm, point in mm. your life. I think we all know, everybody listening knows that at any point in our lives, we can always save up and buy a sports car in the future. That dream, we can always nurture that and, and just carefully polish that dream. Believe. And, we will believe it will happen. <laughs> that that yeah. can always mm. remain. So you've got sure. to solve uh -huh. things first. You've got to solve 
I mean, you are now a family man and uh, you've got yeah. to solve yeah, yeah. the needs here first. And so that's kind of where I, I aimed. But I did hear you. I, I still considered your your desire for something sporty. And I want to lead you through my choices and kind of where I, I went down this windy road. And then I arrived at something I think you haven't thought about. But it is a car we have recommended before in the podcast. Okay. We have called it out right. and recommended it. But I'm curious to know what you came up with and, and where your thoughts are here. Well, I, you know... Here's the struggle that I had for Jack. He's in the Chicago area, and he said that, uh, as, as a side note, he said he'd love to come out for the Cars and Coffee part of our Chicago track day. And I want to mention really quickly, we'd love to have you. Yes. Uh, now, obviously, the, the birth of your firstborn may uh, preclude that. And obviously, yes, it, I, I will also say Bring this, Jack. We would love, <laughs> We would love to meet you, but if your wife is in labor and you show up at the Cars and Coffee, I will be mad at you. <laughs> Go be with your wife. Okay? I'm just going to put that out there. I, I, I'm a car guy through and through, but yes, it's all about priorities. We'd love to see you if possible. If not, trust us, we get it. But um, the, the, the struggle for me here is I, I feel Jack's... Uh, tension between the responsibility part of the equation and the I genuinely want a fun to drive car. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I had a lot of trouble and I think you may have solved it, but I had a lot of trouble just going with the one car option. And I am going to push you toward two, Jack. I'm going to say, you know, looking at your situation toward two, you have a tiny commute. And actually you've mentioned in here in, in your story, you've mentioned that your wife has a tiny commute and your commute is halfway through hers. So she drops you off and picks you up, which is why you've gotten away with one car. So you're not putting a lot of miles on anything. If you have two cars, what that does is it takes away one of your problems, which is what if it's all three of us, including the big baby seat? Well, if you have two cars, you've solved that. And the second car can be your fun car. So my first question that is nowhere in this discussion is, why aren't you keeping the Mazda 3? Hmm. Yeah. Why not just keep it? It's not discussed in here. It's, it's either uh, – it's, it's paid that's for? That's the big conundrum. Yeah. It's paid – here's the thing. It's paid for – it's a family hauler. Look, you're talking about maybe we need something bigger, but you're saying maybe we need something bigger in the in the fact that all three of you are going to have to go on this commute. Another car solves that. Now it's whoever is driving the baby around. Your wife is driving the baby around with the baby seat behind the passenger seat and the passenger seat pushed up. There will be those rare times when it's all three of you having to go somewhere, but I believe you can suffer through that. I do. It's a hatch. It's a Mazda 3. You love it. It's paid off. Done. You can throw your nasty shovels in the back of that because it's a 2011. It's your Mazda 3. It's owned. And I will also say to you, as a, as a parent, you're going to go want to go through those toddler years with a car that is A, paid off, and B, when spit-up happens and, oh, look, they've dropped the juice cup for the 1,200th time, it's not that big a deal. Okay? So all of that, that's the other side of this equation. You think shovels are your problem. Shovels are not your problem, my friend, Jack. No, no, no. The problem is you're, you're driving down here. This will happen. You'll be driving down the road, and suddenly you will think, dear God, what is that smell? <laughs> that will happen. I guarantee you that will happen. And you don't want to be thinking about, this is our new car, while you watch the apricot whatever it is that has just come back up out of your child. Okay, I'm painting the picture here because my point is Mazda 3's paid off. It's not too precious. It still runs and you like it. Keep it. Just keep that car. Make that the family car. It's the hatch. You're done. Go buy a fun car with your 10K that you have. And I have like three options there. Three thoughts there, but I'm curious where you went, Paul. That just made me think of linoleum floors that looked like spilled Cheerios. So then when you spill Cheerios, 
It won't matter. Solved. Nobody well, cares. But see this. But this is the genius of the dog, though. Oh, you, you true, don't you don't true. realize how how vital because like I have a dog. Dogs are awesome. I'm a dog person. Dogs are fun. But you don't realize how vital a dog's <laughs> desire for human food can be. It, it, it's an annoyance until you have the toddler. Then you realize I have a walking vacuum. This animal is serving a purpose. It's it's walking along behind the toddler and picking up what gets dropped. Perfect. Done. Granted, my son's uh, almost seven, but I clearly remember these years, folks. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. It's like when, you know, dogs can sleep through earthquakes, vacuum cleaners, you know, loud people. But as soon as they hear the slightest ripple of the cheese wrapper, they're in your face. Oh. You, what? Yeah. Where, how it's amazing you... how those animals learn sounds that are associated <laughs> with things that they like. And I, I swear to you, the world could be ending and my dog would hear the cheese drawer or the peanut butter jar opening. Those two things, <laughs> Which she's at your heel. Nearly Done. silent. You open a peanut butter jar, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you, you dropped a feather. It, you, mm-hmm. Anyway. Ah. All right, Jack. I thought of Audi yeah, all Help roads. us out here. And I thought of ah, all V60 okay. cross countries. Okay. But they were too expensive. And by the way, I'm advocating sell the Mazda. Okay. Despite the discussion going on currently. <laughs> despite the in, logic. In, in, spite, in spite of the nightmare that I am painting for you who likes to keep your cars clean and you are horrified right now and, and actually getting hives <laughs> hearing about it. In spite of that, keep going. Yes. Why do we get rid of cars? Really, we could keep our cars almost because those forever. car debate guys told us to. That apparently is becoming a growing trend. Go on, yes. If you'd like to send us a blame e- email, please write to us. <laughs> oh, at... we'll get them, and it's all the same. Co- all the same communication. It will happen. Uh, so I guess you know I understand, and and you're you're wanting to branch out. Although I will say, you're 23. You've got lots of time. Lots true. of time. True. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But with that in mind, after everything you've driven, more Mazdas, Subarus, Hondas, Jeeps, Nissans, Toyotas, and more Mazdas, <laughs> after I thought of the Audis and the Volvos, that Subaru that you used to have, Todd, sprang mine. So then I uh-huh. thought, oh, Yeah, I hear that. WRX I, wagon. I thought of that in passing. Keep going. Keep or, going. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, like, you know, an Outback sport wagon, but I thought you'd hate mm-hmm. that in an automatic transmission. You'd like that choice mm-hmm. for about 9.8 minutes, and then you'd send yeah. us the blame email. Yeah. So that led me to a 2011 Audi Q5 with the two-liter turbo engine for $19,495 with 71,000 huh. miles. All right. Now, All right. this is higher miles, but I am taking yeah. into consideration that thing you just pointed out is the very, very short commute. And mm-hmm. it's got mm-hmm. a lot more space. Fold those seats down. It's a lot more comfortable. The one I found is gorgeous. Now, you're buying a higher mileage car. But the mechanic does live across the street, and so yeah. there's that symbiosis there. And then I thought, well, shoot, if we're talking about Audi Q5s, who do we know that's bought a 2010 Cayenne for 20 grand and has produced excellent videos? Who do we know? I couldn't think about anybody. Wait. Give me a minute. It's going to come to me. Yeah, I hear you. Keep going. All right. So what about a 2010 Cayenne for $19,900 with 74,000 yeah. miles on it? I got in years yeah. yesterday, and I was just, again, impressed by how solid and well-built that thing felt. It's got 80,000 yeah. miles on it. You just had all the service. You yep. did that great video. I'm mm-hmm. just going, this is <laughs> this is a real buy here. 
it's funny. I, I hadn't gone there. Now that you're there, I do see it. I could see how that would work for what Jack wants. It has a fun factor. It has a family hall factor. Obviously, these are the two things that we love about it. Yeah. I, I'm going to stay with my two-car scenario, but I, I see where you are. Because cause I'll be honest, I don't know that I would have wanted the Cayenne when my son was a baby. Sure. But... Well, I have but one more. I, but, I, but I do think you've solved the, the conundrum to some degree. Keep going. One, one last one here. Mm-hmm. And again, a car we've recommended before. 2011 to 2012 Acura TSX Sport Wagon. I found you one in black automatic yeah. transmission okay. in Houston, Texas for $16,600. 46,000 miles. 49,000 miles on it. Done. What do you think, Jack? What do you think? Put that on a trailer. How, how is it getting to you? Done. I, I do like that idea. I do. I do. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. I, honestly, you went you went good places that my brain did not go. The only place in your uh, scenario that my brain did go is I wondered about the Saab 92X until I came back to the fact, and I did like that car. I still like that car. So I went the day yeah. on the road and was like, I still love that car. It's very cool. But uh, the, the, the conundrum there is the fact that uh, you have to have an automatic for your wife. And honestly, I never heard anything good about that car in automatic. Anyone I knew that had one in automatic didn't like it half as much as I liked mine. You really want to be able to wrench that engine around. The automatic's not a very good one. That's what steers me away from the 92X for you, though otherwise it does solve a lot of the boxes. And it isn't really any bigger than your Mazda 3 hatch, which leads me back to keep the Mazda 3 hatch. Hmm? Let the shovels and the the toddleru in the Mazda 3 hatch. Done. Perfect. But but for ten grand, you do have fun car options. I mean, your your parents have got an NC Miata you could get access to. You could get your own NC Miata for ten grand. You could. You but you could also go in a Miata or in B Miata. You could look at all of those. I mean, obviously you're as tall as we are. You know, you've seen probably our four generations of Miata piece and watched me stick my head out of the top of an NA Miata like I'm some dog. So yes, they they are small cars, but they are small fun cars, genuinely fun cars. And you could find one of those early generation Miatas for less than ten grand. I think you should look at that because it will run, they will be cheap to run and maintain, and you aren't going to put a lot of miles on it. You can just have a car that you go out and drive for fun. The other ones I thought of are in that same kind of, you know, nineties, two thousand range, look at the last gen MR two spider. Also a really fun car. Ten grand all day long on those. And that is a, a small little two seat fun car. You could take your wife out, that do that. You could absolutely get one of those. I went another random place, and that is what about a three hundred ZX from the nineties? Yeah. One like I had, yeah. the Z32. Look, this is a also larger good. car. It's not as small and chuckable as these Miatas and MR2s, but for ten grand, you could get yourself a nice one. You get yourself a really nice one. In general, they're just going to run. Now, the more you get one that somebody has tuned and cranked up the turbos and blah, blah, welcome to a maintenance nightmare. They aren't easy to work on because the engine is so crammed in there to begin with, but... I think you would enjoy that car. They're just fun. They really, really are. And they look pretty classy still. And uh, so I think 300ZX is worth at least trying to find one and drive one. If you can find a clean one, that's the difficulty. Some of them out there are $3,500 and they look like they've been used, you know, for a car pasture, uh, a cow pasture car. So, you know, it, it, some of them are really, really beat on. Um, they, they've been used in your, it, you know, that land you keep talking about with the mud on it. That's what that 300ZX was used for. That's why it's $3,500. Um, so anyway, so be careful. Right. Shopping for that, and then I I will also go wild card, and I because I have to say it, you you could start 
trying to find that needle in a haystack car. You might find yourself an early-gen boxer that's been well taken care of that is that cheap. You might find, you know, some other 90s uh, sports car that you like that's that cheap. You might find yourself a 350Z that's that cheap. I think you can really look at two-seat uh, rear-wheel drive sports cars and start looking around. I, I would literally start looking in your area, pick like an auto trader or a car gurus or something with a good filtering system and look within a few hundred miles of you at a price point and whittle down your choices to rear-wheel drive and six-speed and you know coupe body style and see what's around because I think you'll surprise yourself. Keep the Mazda 3, get something fun. I'm staying there. I just got this crazy idea as you were talking. It's been formulating. Uh -oh. And I've been I'm, – I'm, okay. I'm birthing this idea now. Jack. And I'm frightened. All right. Jack, baby. <laughs> oh, no. I've got the, the idea for you. Okay. You know how you were talking about your parents' NC Miata that's such gorgeous condition that you love? Why don't you turn on the salesmanship and the – you really <laughs> love me, don't you? And offer to buy oh, it God. from them for ten grand with the permission that they can come drive it from you, they can come over to your mm. house and drive it whenever they want. They probably have more money to go spend on something else. Send in their car debate, and we will debate what they should get next after they sell you that <laughs> what, Miata. What I, what I like about this, what I like about <laughs> this is in one little recommendation that that's actually borderline genius. In one little recommendation, you have solved Jack's car conundrum. Found him a clean car that he already loves. Uh, found him something he can afford. Dealt with an interesting family situation, and perpetuated our own car debate. I am, I am applauding you. I am, I am applauding well, what you've done you. there. That's well done. Thank you. I. It occurred to me you were talking about Miatas, and I went, "Well, who do we know that has a Miata? Well, his parents yep. do." Yep, you're right. You're they right. Can and his problem with that is, you. it's not his. It's not his, and it doesn't live at his place. Things that can be solved in Paul's scenario. I see where you went. I do. I oh do. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, Jack, you owe us another email. Hopefully not quite as long as this one. But let me know <laughs> after you've taken your parents to dinner and softened them up a little bit and introduced this concept into their lives and said, hey, guys, you've got money. Go get yourself something fun. I know just the guys who would help you Funny. solve this problem. And put the problem and on them. <laughs> oh, no. I do want to touch on on one more thing uh, briefly, and that is, uh, Jack, yes, we would love to see you at Cars and Coffee. That we're, Our Chicago track day is August the 22nd. If you go to everydaydriver.com, the Adventures tab, August the 22nd, that is a Monday. We are doing a track day with Laps Incorporated at a place called the Autobahn Country Club south of Chicago. Okay, so we're going to be out there. It's going to be amazing. If you are a newbie track driver, this is the event for you. If you've been on the track before, still come. We'll have classes for different levels of experience. But if you're a newbie, you, this is the, absolutely the event for you. Going through our website, you get a discount to get on track. You're going to get multiple sessions. You get a discount by going through us. We would love to have you there. Sean at Laps Incorporated is being great to us. We're partnering with him. So that is going to happen soon. So keep that in mind. But if you don't want to get on the track... Like Jack's talking about, come be in the parking lot. We're going to do cars and coffee in the parking lot. Paul and I are going to be there talking with people. We're also going to get on track, but we're going to try to trade off since there are, you know, two of us. And, uh, and we're going to do a podcast while we're there. So please come. We'd love to see you. Hitting the halfway point in our podcast, we will move on to car, de car debate number two and talk about Simon and his deep, enduring, unending love for his girlfriend, Tiffany, for whom he's shopping. <laughs> I, I love I love how you're setting this up like you're about to kill it. That's just terrible. It's terrible. 
I'm, I'm like teeing up the softball right on the tee, and hopefully I get to just. I don't it understand out of the park. why you think this is gonna go awry. Nothing in this suggests it's going to go awry. No, I'm not saying it will. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, how much do you want to spend? Like, you know, it's always when you're at dinner and the lady with the roses comes by and waves a rose in your face, and you know, it's like you have to prove yourself or something. And it, it doesn't have anything to do with how much I love you, whether I buy you a rose or not. It's just. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's, uh, not sure where I'm going with that. So we'll go back to cars. <laughs> I don't know either. Talk I'm just going to let right that just the... kind of drift off into nothingness. <laughs> so <corner>. Simon, Simon <laughs> is looking, Simon is looking for his girlfriend, Tiffany. I'm picking up the reins. I'm running with it. Uh, he actually <laughs> discovered us by listening to the College Info Geek podcast. We were on there, man, it's probably been 18 months or so ago. And uh, the, 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 the poor host of that show, um, yeah, his podcasts are normally an hour. We talked to him for two and he created <laughs> yeah. two podcasts out of our rambling massive discussion about buying cars and other things. Simon found us that way. Awesome to have you with us, Simon. Thank you. His girlfriend is five feet tall. Her name is Tiffany. She's five feet tall. She's looking for an automatic luxury sedan. She wants leather. She wants a luxurious thing. She has about 50 grand to spend. So she's picked up a very nice job. She's intrigued by the Audi S5. They're both kind of intrigued by German cars. So they're going, okay, with 50 grand to spend, is it new or used? Is the S5 the right choice? Uh, she's not going to track it. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a luxury car that is an automatic, worthwhile, seems to be classy coupe or sedan. And this is where we are for Tiffany. I've got a couple recommendations, but I'm very curious what's striking you when you read this. I actually have two as well. There are variations on a theme. But I want to touch on used, especially used German cars for a moment, and assuage your fears with the certified pre-owned steps. And if you're listening and you know them for sure, please correct me if I misspeak here. But certified pre-owned is a good thing. Now, you do pay more yeah. for it, but it means this luxurious car, this luxury car that cost far more new, is now within reach of your budget. And sure, sure. the sales department has to go get all the service done and pay their service department, their own service department, to bring the cars up to spec, and then they have to pay the manufacturer for the right to call it certified pre-owned. This is what the yeah. steps that happened when I bought the Cayman GTS. So it was CPO, but all the major service mm -hmm. had to be done, mm -hmm. which the sales department had to pay for out of their budget. And then they also had to pay Porsche extra money, like 2,500 bucks, just for the right to call it CPO. Now, they passed that along in the price, but I still got a great deal on it do. in comparison to mm -hmm. other cars. And so, therefore, it is full warranty. It had all the service. So I say CPO is the way to go, especially if you're buying German. There's mm. nothing to be afraid of, and they tack on another 12 months of extended warranty. So yeah. generally speaking, you're going to you find If you find one with a low enough mileage and you're getting a CPO that way, it's amazing how much like a new car you got without having the new car depreciation. Yeah, th there are definitely ways, to, um, definitely ways to pull that off. Keep going. Uh, Simon. If she likes that S5, I say really investigate and really go after one because they are awesome. And I think it would fit the bill. Mm -hmm. I mean, I never want to steer you away. If you're sniffing around a car and you really think you love it and you drive it and you still love it, we're not going to steer you away from that. We're going to say, get it. If it speaks to you, get it. Definitely. However, I do want to point you to, to the brand new Mercedes-Benz C300 Coupe. Because mm. Mercedes has come from not nowhere, but they have really ramped up the efforts on the interior. That car is money. I think it's beautiful. 
I think the interior has surpassed Audi in terms of design. Audi quality is still there, but the design is even more interesting than the Mercedes. I am such a fan of this coupe. I think it's well, beautiful. I'm I'm super impressed. There's a couple of drawbacks. I would say if you're going to go there, I would say if you're going to go there, look at the sedan too. I mean that that current C class. We are both big fans. Oh yes. And every variation we've driven driven or been in is. I'm glad you brought that up. I hadn't thought Mercedes, but I, I'm, that's an oversight on my part. I'm glad you're there with the C class because it is a good option here for sure. Keep going. Well, this uh, this car uh, comes with a four cylinder, and that might be a turnoff, which I can get. It's 241 horsepower, so the the C300. Now, not as much as the S5. I get it. The S5 has a hundred more, and yeah. that you know she's she's saying here in the email that she wants some oomph. She wants some some real you know real pickup there. Now it is turbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do get that. However. I, I would caution you, if you take her to the dealership, don't let her see the AMG C63 coupe. <laughs> because then it will all be over, yes. <laughs> because then you're hosed. And it's it's got the handcrafted V8, the twin-turbo 4-liter V8, 469 horsepower, which mm-hmm. does sound like a lot of oomph to me. And that thing, the Premium 3 package has a cabin fragrance system, and I'm sure you can get that three-pointed star to light up on the front grill. <laughs> I'm sure that's an option. Stop. As well. Things that don't matter, but we can do them anyway. There it is. Simon, the love starts at $67,000 for an AMG C63. Easy. Yikes. Can no, be no, yours, no. So all bad. How much do you love Tiffany? Is my question. All bad. No. It's not his money, it's her money. We're not we're not buying we're not spending Simon's money on Tiffany. We're spending Tiffany. It, it, okay. All right. I'm going to I'm going to try desperately to wrench this back to where we started. It's like love um, line with cars. It's Hey! No, it's not. It's, what a it's, great yeah, idea. Um, so we've got this Audi S5. And I, I do want to echo one thing Paul said, and that is people have asked us before. They've said, is this podcast difficult? Because aren't people just coming to say, I'm going to buy this car either way. Don't you guys agree? Sometimes that's true. Sure. But sure. One, of the big, one of the biggest things that we really try to do is just get you to drive some variations so that even if you buy the car you've already got your eyes on, you can. it's not just because, well, I, just, I like that car. I'm going to go buy that car. Drive the stuff around it. So that you can at least say why you bought the car you did. I mean, and look, it is it, there is the love factor here. You're back to the love line joke. It is the love factor here. There are sometimes things you just can't explain why that car speaks to you. Fine, fine, mm-hmm. but go go date around first. I'm going to stay with the analogy. Go date around first, <laughs> so you can, at least can say, I drove that car, and here's why I didn't like it as much, or here's something about that car I didn't buy that I actually like better, but I still bought this thing because of, and then there are your reasons. Right, it's a right. much better way to spend your money on that. Um, so Tiffany likes that S5. That's great. She also drove the BMW 3 and 4 series. Wasn't that impressed with those cars. A little bit uninvolving as far as she was concerned. And now she's going, wait a minute, should I try to see if I can stretch and get an M2? Which gave me the idea. Mm. No M2. Don't do M2. But go shop for an M235i. Yeah, great choice. Because you know what? It's it's going to be more chuckable. It's going to feel smaller and a little more interesting uh, dynamically. I realize it's not what she's shopping for, but just stay with me. 
than that S5. But yet, if you want to cruise across, I mean, I drove across L.A. in that car. It's a great interior. It's a fun, nice place to be. I think it is a worthwhile contender. You don't have to worry about the weight for the M2. You don't need the, I mean, we've got some good M2 videos coming. You don't need the hair-on-fire reality that the M2 has. But don't think for a second that M235i is slow or uninvolving. It is both. So I think that is really worth it. I will also say to you, you've asked some questions about German cars and reliability. With this kind of money, lease your car. Mm. Go to BMW, mm. lease yourself an M235i for two or three years. It's absolutely in your budget. And then in two or three years, guess what? Everything that's happened to it, hopefully nothing, has been taken care of. All of your maintenance has been done. In two or three years from now, she can decide, what do I want to do now? If you want to go German, I'm going to say lease to you. I think you're a perfect candidate. And then I have one other idea, but I want to see if you've got anything else. That's really where I stuck with. I like your leasing idea because that's where all the CPO cars come from. People lease them for a couple of years, yeah. and then those, those exactly. cars come back. They're CPO cars. They're great. They're great. Yeah. And if, she, and if she wants to buy, that's a great place to buy. But I'm sitting here looking at budget and a consideration and interest in new German cars, and I'm going, don't buy, lease. If you can, if she's got a solid job, why not? I, I know a guy actually uh, here in Salt Lake, not really a car guy, drove terrible, and I haven't even told you this whole story, Paul, mm. drove terrible American, like, 20-year-old cars his whole life, and three years ago jumped from a, like, late 90s, early 2000s, Olds 88 Jumped from that to a brand new leased three series BMW. Just jumped one day, and I was jaw dropped. I, I met him. Was like, "What did you do?" Because he's not a car guy. This week, his car changed. He really? just got himself out of his BMW lease and he got himself into a brand new A4 lease. He's just trying stuff out, and I could not applaud him more. Mm. So I'm just going to say that to you here. I will say one other thing: if the German think just cons genuinely concerns you, okay, that's fine. I'm going to say something you haven't listed and you should at least go look at in this discussion. Have her drive the Lexus IS series and the Lexus RC series. Get as high in that hierarchy as you can. It's a love-or-hate-it styling. I get it. But great interiors. Those cars just run. The service experience is second to none with Lexus. They are reliable. If you're shopping in this world, you need to go look at those. Yeah, the, that RC Coupe is uh, pretty nice. I could see that. But the IS, the IS, the IS you know, is you great the too. The 350 yeah. S Sport that we drove, that car's got punch, it's got good dynamics. It uh, you have to go F Sport and I think you should go 350 frankly, but but that IS is a worthwhile contender here. Yeah. Gosh, old 88 to a BMW 3 series. That's like the other end of the solar system. You can't even it see is. it's between those cars. It's, that's that's wow. It's like learning to fly in a Cessna and then promptly jumping to the space shuttle. I mean, it's just that kind of, <laughs> I can do this. I mean, it's just, what are you doing? You Some know, are you still breathing? so cliche. I mean, jets, whatever. Let's go space shuttle. Yeah. Holy moly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But congrats to him. So we have uh, many, many Facebook questions, uh, as always. Thank you, guys. You're, you're burying us in Facebook questions. We could do podcasts just on Facebook questions, and I'm sure those will happen. Yeah, we could. I picked four out of, like, 30 that you guys posted, which is great. Uh, four we haven't heard before. I picked four of them. I think you picked some as well, Paul. What do you have? Yeah, I've got four or five if we've got time here. But I'd like to start with Greg Scanlbury, who asks, would you ever not buy a car because of the stigma it carries? What do you mean? Like a Tesla? Well, uh, Tesla now carries oh. Oh, oh, whoa, either whoa, way. whoa. That was like going in for the sucker punch. Keep going. All right, fine. <laughs> I mean, that was like like the, the juiciest of low-hanging fruits. 
that, that was just ripe and delicious anyway. No, Teslas now carry stigmas either way. And I would buy a Tesla, honestly. I think they're mm. brilliant pieces of engineering. I think the engineering doesn't stop. And from what I've learned of being on campus and meeting the designers and engineers, once the car is in production, they continue to develop the car, as we've oh, yeah. seen. And yeah, absolutely. I think that's pretty interesting. They don't just call it done and like, oh, we're good. On to the next one. No, there's still a lot of development. They make changes, updates, and they show that love to their customers. So, I mean, Teslas have the stigma of, well, you know, you can afford it and you're an early adopter of technology and that's pretty awesome and they work and they're great. It also now has the stigma of, you know, what we're hearing in the news. But, you know, any car can be abused one way or the other. Any product yeah. or anything, if, if you ignore it or don't follow the instructions or whatever it is, Tesla's notwithstanding. So I don't, I, I don't uh, it's not a knock against them. So therefore, it would depend on the car. It would depend on the car. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking like a mid-80s Alfa Romeo Crodifolio that is just never starts and never runs, yeah, that's a stigma. I probably wouldn't buy that car, but, you know, it depends on the car. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's just well, where I'd I mean, leave it. That's interesting. I, I, I will say I struggle with this question a little bit because my short answer is no, I would buy whatever. But then when I think about it further, every car, pick, pick a brand, pick a brand, go Porsche, go Classic Muscle, go Tesla, go Corvette, go Mustang, pick, pick a brand, pick a car. Mm -hmm. It has some sort of, well, all owners of that car are like fill in the blank, whatever yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. We are absolutely guys that are like, take the badge off the hood, drive what you love. That's yeah. absolutely what yeah. we're like. Yeah. However, however, what I think you have to do beyond that is you have to be aware of what is the stigma of this brand and operate in a way that you are yourself and you introduce yourself beyond that stigma. I'll give you a fantastic example. My beautiful, awesome wife now drives a Porsche Cayenne in Park City, Utah. <laughs> and she's a very solid driver. She's a very oh, solid yeah. driver. Yeah. But she is now driving a rolling stereotype in this town. And I told her, I said, babe, be careful because you're now in the mind. Look, we got that car inexpensively. We got it for 25 grand. Okay. But in the mind of everybody, you are now passing at high speed. You are a rich white woman in a Porsche Cayenne. Be careful. Mm -hmm. This is my yeah. point. Yeah. So there are stigmas and you kind of have to go, am I playing to the stigma? Or am I playing against it? Who am I? Am I reinforcing or am I defending? You know, I mean, like Corvettes, for example, the Corvette C7 is a spectacular car, spectacular car. I realize, hmm, if I bought one in 10 years, in my late 40s, early 50s, have I just reinforced a stereotype? Because the <laughs> C7 Corvette... Of chest hair and some extra cracks. Seriously. The, 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 yeah, exactly. And, and discussions of your retirement plan. I mean, no, seriously. <laughs> but because but, but the, the thing is, the Corvette C7, spectacular car. D d no caveats needed. Doesn't matter. Right. You can be 16 or 76. Great car. Yeah. But the Corvette has that stigma of old, retired white guys. It just has that stigma. So you have to just be aware of what the brand tells people. And then are you driving and reinforcing that brand? You know, I just think you have to think about that more than don't buy it. Yep. Yep. Great points. Great points. All right. What's next on your list? 
Um, I had one from uh, Sally Hendra wrote in, and he uh, I've touched on the Chicago track day kind of by accident again. He has an Audi A3 two-liter cabriolet, and uh, he also has a uh, what is his other car here? He's got. Uh, thought he said he had something else but maybe that's that's the oh yeah he's got a minivan there you go that's why i ignored it uh the but he's got this a3 and he's wanting it to be a little faster he's also wanting to go to our track day in chicago we would love to see you we'd love to meet you please come but his question is okay so i've never taken this car on a racetrack i'm thinking about tuning it what tuning do you think i should do he's he's brought up apr and uh uni uh, as tuners I'm going to say go APR. Everybody talks about APR. They open up the Volkswagen products, and they make them very hot. Uh, we have the guys here in Salt Lake, Integrated Engineering. They do great work, too. I would highly recommend them, though they're not known like APR. And I will be honest, I don't know what tune they have for that A3. They have tunes for lots of cars. But, um, but I would absolutely say APR to you all day. But I will then say this, though. I wouldn't worry about power for your first track day. I'd worry about tires. I would ask yourself, what tires are on my A3? And if they are all seasons and you're wanting to spend some money, my friend, go get yourself some Pilot Super Sports and bring those to track day. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I would add to that and say, you know, tires first. But if you've never had that car on track or had any car that you own on track, before you start tuning, why don't you go drive it and evaluate what do you like and what don't you like? And then that will inform your decisions. Do do the brakes feel weak to you? Is the power mm-hmm. insufficient? What about the handling? What about the suspension? What about the way it leans or doesn't lean? I think that would more inform your decision-making on where to invest dollars for tuning rather than just, mm. oh, I should just upgrade because everybody else does. Well, what are you using the car for? And Sure, sure. Yeah, the two-liter engine has loads of upgrades for that particular two-liter turbo. You can do all kinds of yeah. things to the power, but before you do... It's not like it's a slow car. I mean, it's got it's got zip, but mm-hmm. tires, brakes, handling before you go power. So, you know, look into that. And I'd say, you know, even as a benchmark, start with nothing. It, it'd almost be cool if you could start with the tires that come on the car and somehow have an extra wheel and tire set of super sports. <laughs> sure. I mean, this would be ideal. Sure, just, so we can just bring your trailer with the extra tires. Well, in. we'll just we'll wrench them right on there while you're there at the track. I it's got convertible. it. Yeah, just going. put the top down, fill it with dirty tires. No, um, terrible, but awesome <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah. But I mean, wouldn't that be so informative for people who, okay, this yeah, is the car absolutely. as is, and then let's put good tires and let's just talk about those differences and how it transforms your car. Just that alone would be revelatory. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I, I like that. your suggestions that. like that, but obviously we can't all do that. We can't show up with our tire sponsor and say, hey, everybody, free tires. Yeah. I'd love uh, to. You, you haven't ever told me who is our tire sponsor. Oh, that's right. Uh, we don't have one. We don't have We're one. We're now right accepting now. tire sponsors at Everyday Driver. Yes. Okay. <laughs> who else do you have? Uh, Kyle Martin asks about our plans on filming a best hits, like the 90s edition Jap sports cars. The uh, mm-hmm. the Supra, the 300ZX, the RX-7, the NSX, R32. The, the mm. 3000 GT. Ooh, those are, yeah. Who, who do we know that has an R32? <clears throat> but, see, but, see here, but see, here is the problem, and I know, where you're, I know where your head's at. Here's the problem with that chute. You and I have talked about that chute forever. Yep. But where do the cars come from? Well, that's why I wanted to put that out there and say, yes, we would love to. And for anybody listening, who has good non-modified versions of those cars that we could put on camera. Yeah, there's the key. There's the key. The we key is nobody has the that. stock ones. Yeah. We'd love yeah. to do it. 
Nobody Specials. has good stock Supras. ones. Yeah. Those, those uh, yeah. the 94 to 96 Supra, gosh, hard to find unmodified. Thanks, Fast and Furious trilogy, yes. endless sequels of movie making. Anyway, yes. Um, but yes, yes, we want to find those vehicles. So uh, we'd love to put them on camera, feature your car, and put those all together. And if definitely, that's, definitely, you know, if that means travel, uh, we would be open to that. But uh, we'll put it out there. So that '90s sports car lineup, um, yeah, that that 3000 GT. I saw that VR4 in town the other day, mm-hmm. and I went, "Oh, that still exists. You're driving it. Why are you driving that car?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and if and if and it, that's the thing, they're rare. But when you see them, I mean. I don't, I don't even necessarily think that is the hero of that group, but that, I feel no. like, is the rarest of that group. You know, I mean, the RX-7, Supra, 300ZX, that car, I want to put those four cars together. I've wanted to do that for years. Totally. But anyway, we'll, we'll see if it happens. Yeah. We'll see if it happens. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, cars with history, uh, Carrie Turner wrote and said, <clears throat> the Toyota Corolla is turning 50. Can we expect a 50 years of the Corolla film from Everyday Driver? Man, to which wouldn't I that be say, watched? Yeah, to which I say, no, no, you can't. I mean, talk about a waste of our time and money. Um, because because let's be honest, what would we do? Talk about the fact that this car's gotten worse? Talk about the fact that it's not enjoyable? And I, I've kind of made the film. Film's done. There we go. Finished. No, we'd, um, we'd start yeah, with the level of hate. We would start out with the first gen and say, I hate this car. And then the next generation would be double the hate. <laughs> and then but, by the time we get to the last one, we're just... Ah! But they used, but they used to be better than they are now. That's a car that's actually getting worse over time. Mm-hmm. It's just it. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, that's not happening. But thanks for the joke. Moving on. Speaking of rental cars, Andres Arrocha asks about what rental car would we pick out for our next trip of any rental car company's fleet that isn't too expensive. Well, you can speak to this. <laughs> I rent lots of cars, and yes, you do. Um, I'm I'm hard on them. So, <laughs> you use rental cars as intended. You prove the adage that the fastest car on the planet is the one you rented. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very, very happy to see you go. I just return it to them as crumbling dust, and they, yeah, hey, I'm paying for it. I'm paying for it. I think, I think they have a, a PTSD se- se- section of rental cars, <laughs> the cars that can't go out of it again because they're just sitting in a dark corner quivering. That's where they park the car you return. <laughs> Uh, so Andre's list is lists here: the Charger, Mazda three, non-affordable cars like the Mustang, the Hertz version Mustang, 911s and Caymans. He has driven the Jetta TSI, a Charger, Dodge Charger SXT, stuff like that. You're, you're gonna laugh because you don't see this coming, but I will say, I will say, so far the best rental car I've gotten is a Kia Soul. I know you like that. It sounds strange. It sounds strange. It does. It does. But here's why. The tires have nearly no grip. I mean, that right there is almost (laughs) instant fun. Recipe for fun. Certainly for you. Yes, yes. You're going to have a party with that. Second of all, they they don't really stand out. So you're not going to be... You're not going to be targeted or looked at the sure. wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They blend in. They can squeeze into tight parking spaces. Who cares about the dents? They carry lots of people <laughs> and stuff. And surprisingly, they're quick off the line. I bet I can beat you in a Kia Soul because I've got this little technique. You put it in manual, and you you modulate. You do a brake stand. And once it kicks in, it's actually quick. And I'm just well, – it's but- it, 
it's quick and sporty and kind of fun. But again, just enjoy the rental car on. is the fastest car at the light, no matter what. It anyway, it just is. People yeah, are surprised yeah. when I take off. They're like, Kia, so what? <laughs> yeah. Frightening. I've seen you drive many a rental car, and I have felt sorry for the car. You're one of my favorite people on the planet, and I invariably feel sorry for the car. But, yeah, okay, I hear you on that. All right. Uh, anyway, so Kia Soul, it just it blends in. It, it's like a European car, tight parking spaces. Yeah, yeah. you spilled the Frosty. Whoops. Oh, well. It- <laughs> well, that happened. Uh, that's terrible. Uh, Robert Hopkins wrote to us and asked about manual modes in automatic cars. Now, I'm going to assume what we're talking about here is you're talking about automatic cars with paddles, okay? And you said you actually drove the Veloster Turbo, which is an automatic with paddles. And uh, your confusion is you've read some places where uh, car enthusiasts, car journalists, have driven cars that are automatics with paddle shifters and left them in auto mode during their review, and that astounds you, and you wonder how that's possible. Isn't that far, far worse? And what do we think and what do we do? And I would give you this kind of short answer, and then I'll explain it a bit, Robert, because it's me. Uh, I would say it depends entirely on what is the car and its automatic that you're driving. Hmm. Because, too specifically, Porsche's DSG, uh, p- sorry, Porsche's PDK, Volkswagen DSG, Porsche's PDK, and uh, BMW's DCT, those are two that I have done both. I have absolutely put it in manual mode and worked the paddles and pounded on that transmission, and it's been great. And I have also been on tracks with it in automatic mode and been quite stunned at how intuitive and almost like inside your head the the transmission can be about oh it's this corner i need to be down two gears and I mean, it's it's all it's ahead of you mm. and that's amazing to encounter but most of the automatics of the world don't do that and so you have to go no 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 i really do want this gear right now the the pdk and the dct are an exception, but most of them I agree with you. You gotta hammer the paddles. If you really want to pound on a car, you still gotta go paddles, but it is surprising. You get a really, really good dual clutch gearbox. They can do it for you. I got nothing. That was great. <laughs> and scene. I have one more thought here. I didn't know if you had another one, but I wanted to talk about Dina's thought about uh, other track days. But did you have anything else? One last one here, and that's from Scott Lewis, who is headed to LA and specifically the Malibu area, which is Oh lovely. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said uh, that he's got a rental car for three days. He's getting a Hertz Shelby GT. Wow. And a new convertible. So hopefully the new Camaro, which would be great. Uh, yeah, you've got to get in both those cars. It's always a great opportunity to uh, to not Definitely. drive Kia Souls, I suppose. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. This, this walks away from your Kia Soul <laughs> idea. But anyway, moving on. Uh, so he's actually asking for recommendations for great roads in and around the Malibu area. And mm-hmm. you probably recognize, if you're familiar with, with that area, we've shot a, quite a few of those roads. Uh, I yeah. want to recommend four to you, but I will ask you, if Ooh. you have a radar okay. detector, bring it with you. Last time I checked California law, they are not illegal, but sticking things <laughs> to your windshield is. But everybody does it. Everybody That's has the, the yeah. gooseneck and with their yeah, yeah, yeah. GPS system and their notepads and whatever else. So they're not going to pull you over for that. So they are legal. Bring your radar detector because... Especially, yeah, that Shelby GT, you're going to be, it might take your license away. Anyway, uh, you must go drive the Snake. That is Mulholland Drive east of Canaan Doom Road. Yep. But I would would say to you, I would say to you, I would go beyond that. If you're going to talk about Mulholland, hop on Mulholland uh, as 
somewhere just west of downtown proper and drive it all the way till it hits oh, the yeah. coast. That yeah. is a huge section of a drive. You'll go through the Snake, but I would do Mulholland all the way to the coast. It is a spectacular drive. Starts in houses, goes in and out of neighborhoods for a while. The portion with the Snake is nothing but just the Snake for a while, which is pretty cool. I would say if you're going to do Mulholland, try really hard. I'm not sure what days of the week you're there. Try really hard to do that on a weekday. Oh, yeah. Because the yeah, weekend, yeah. you won't enjoy it half as much. But it's Mulholland is one of those amazing roads that you just, if you can do it all the way to the coastline, you'll love that. Yeah, and you might run to our friend Matt Farah. He does a lot of his one takes uh, in that area. So uh, anyway, um, definitely, you could spend all your time on Mulholland, and it's famous for a reason. But there's mm-hmm. a few others here, and that is off of Mulholland, there's a road called Stunt Road that goes all the way up oh, to yeah. the top of the peak. And when you crest the hill and awesome. drop on the other side mm-hmm. off of its Topanga Tower, whatever that is right there, it turns into another road called Payuma Road, and it drops south mm-hmm. towards the coast, which is also Great. awesome. Great road. Uh, yep. What yep. else? Agreed. Uh, Latigo Canyon. Uh, it's mm-hmm. L-A-T-I-G-O, Latigo. That's mm-hmm. a fun road. And then finally, Decker Road, up through Decker Canyon, and you can go either all the way from Pacific Coast Highway north until, until it turns into Westlake Boulevard, or you could do the opposite road. You could start in Westlake Village, yeah. Drop all the way down Decker Road, hit the coast, and Decker, drive back. Decker is a great road, but Decker is probably one of the slowest canyon roads I'll ever drive. You're yeah. talking about yeah. multiple, like, 10 to 15 mile an hour hairpins. It's you think I'm kidding. It's crazy, though. It's just, it's just welcome to a ridiculous hairpin, but it's a spectacular yeah. drop to the coast. You're going to go much slower on that road than you expect, but it is a really great road to drive. I agree with that. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, um, radar detector. Key. Yeah. <laughs> Key to having fun. So, I'm gonna, I want to touch on Dina's question real quick. Uh, he asked about uh, any chance you guys could do a track day on the East Coast. Now, obviously, we're coming to Chicago area, but he's talking the East Coast. Lime Rock, uh, Thompson Speedway, Watson's Glen, New Jersey Motorsports Park. Uh, the short answer to this is, is this. We would like to do multiple track days. We would like to partner with people like Laps Incorporated that we're doing for Chicago. We'd like to partner with them and do track days kind of all over the nation. It's really going to come down to two things. It's going to come down to finding those partnerships and having the money. Mm -hmm. Because obviously these are situations where we want to go. We want to encourage you guys to come. We want to set up a great event. But we run so tight budget-wise while trying to do everything else we're doing, which is the pilgrimage trip to Germany. That's happening. We're still trying to do YouTube videos. Hey, we do this podcast, in case you hadn't noticed. And, uh, and we do you know this, the feature films once a year. There's a lot going on that we have to put a very limited amount of budget to. We're trying to ramp up these adventures. We're just going to have to try to make the numbers work and make the partnerships work. And I would love to do one kind of every major kind of section of the country. We've had conversations about partnering with places on the West Coast. We've talked about doing one here in Utah. We want to do a lot of them. Uh, so my, my response would be, yes, we hope so, and TBD. But it's just going to be levels of interest and the financials of it all, honestly. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for sticking with us. We hope you had fun, and uh, check out the YouTube channel. We've got a lot. Actually, today, our European correspondent, Thomas, just dropped the Peugeot video. He is making friends mm-hmm. like crazy with the manufacturers over there. They're really loving his work, and uh, he had a lot of fun with this one. So check that out. No and kidding. as Todd said, the pilgrimage adventure, that is happening, and Chicago Track Day. We couldn't beat on those more than we already have, unless we say it again. 
But we, we could beat on them more. But the I thing is, we, we want you guys to come, which is why we talk about them so much. Go to that Adventures tab on our website. We'd love to have you join us. Both those events are getting a lot of people signing up, and they're both going to be great. We are doing both. Please come. Thanks again, guys. Have a great weekend. Cheers.